0: What did you have for breakfast this morning?
1: I uh, I didn't have breakfast because I'm fasting for Ramadan. Oh, but, gotcha. but, but today is the last day of the of Ramadan, so so tomorrow I will be having Are coffee you... and whatever else. I just usually drink coffee.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know if you were looking forward to an extra special breakfast tomorrow
1: then. Maybe I, I'm on, right now. Like, I'm 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 looking forward to an ice glass of water.
0: Hi, I'm Tim. Welcome to We're Only Human. This is a podcast celebrating the resiliency of the human spirit by exploring journeys of people from all walks of life. There are often little nuggets of wisdom we can find in another person's story that we can then apply to our own lives. We're not perfect. We're not alone. We're only human. Today I'm joined by Robbie Abed. He's a husband, son, father... Author of the book called "Fire Me, I Beg You," also an executive ghostwriter. Um, the name "Fire Me, I Beg You." I want to talk about that because I, I love that. But one of the the main things that um, I saw, I'm on your your email mail list, and I think it was the beginning of 2020. You had sent out an email about the good, the bad, the ugly of kind of your 2019, and there was this quote that just stopped me in my tracks. You said. The overworking caused a lot more problems, including not being able to spend time with my wife and children. I literally slept in the closet. It's a big closet on Sunday nights because I couldn't face Mondays. When I read that, I, I was like, Why I, I gotta understand more about that. So so first of all, thank you for, for joining me here. I appreciate it.
1: I like that. Let, let let's start with the psychological issues, Rob, right? but let's let's get straight to, to it. Let's get right to it. Right. This is gonna be a great therapy session. This is perfect. Yeah. Right. Well, you don't, you
0: don't read that every day. I mean, and, yeah. and first of all, you being you know so open about that is, yeah, is yeah. so so kind. But you don't you don't read you know something the like that sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, it's the first time I've ever come across someone saying, "Hey, things were so bad, I slept in the closet." Yeah. What what was so so? Let's go back. So the overworking, like what what happened in 2019 that leads you to to sleep in the closet?
1: Yes. Yeah, so the- It's a good lead So what? Yeah, good question. I, I, you know, what's what's interesting is one is I talk a lot about overworking. You know, before I even wrote that, so it's kind of like if anyone knows about overworking, it's it's uh, it's it's me. And so I think what what happened, you know, with that and there's a um, um, a great quote about overworking, and I'll get into that. Is that is that don't set yourself on fire to make someone else warm. And that's that's something that that's that stuck with me for for a long time, and when I recognize that I'm overworking and so last year you know business was going really well, and like many other people i've I have a hard time of saying no, you know no I can't do that or no, that deadline should be next week and not tomorrow morning uh i just i'm 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 just so used to delivering you know yeah' and it's just a habit yeah. of since I started working it's like I, I, I'm not, I don't really miss deadlines much. Um, and, and so I just, I just got in this habit last year of just, um, of not saying no and, you know, still doing work, still getting paid for it. But if I didn't get work done on Sunday, okay. Then like my Sunday night, I was just like freaking out about Monday and, and, and that's really what happened. I was so afraid that I wasn't, I wasn't gonna be ready for Monday you know, like my, my whatever things I need to get done. Yeah, that my whole week was 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 screwed, uh, and so that was the crux of it is I just got so used to working on Sunday that, like, say if I didn't like, you know, I, I, we had people coming over on Sunday, you know, from like six p.m. to ten or something, like I would flip out like internally, going, "Oh man, like I can't get into Sunday." So, so that's what led to the like anxiety on Sunday nights, and. And I, I just couldn't handle it. So I was like, I needed, and the, and the reason I ended up sleeping in the closet was, uh, it's the only place without any light. And so it's like, I ended up going oh. in the closet because there was just no, there was no light in there. It was just easier for me to sleep. It was just like something different.
0: Yeah. So you were even, I mean, it was hard to fall asleep. So you needed to kind of a change of environment.
1: It changed the environment. Yeah, and, and like I said, this is it's a big closet, you know. It's like it's a, uh it but doesn't excuse me from <laughs> the closet, yeah, you know? yeah. when my wife when my wife wake up, she's like, Where where are you? And I'm like, She'll be like, what? oh you're in the closet? Like, what's wrong with you? she's like, Oh, it's 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 Monday. I forgot. You know, it's like it became like a ritual.
0: Oh gosh. Yeah. That you describe when people come over Sunday nights and then like you would start to think oh, I have all this work to do. Would it like take you... Because I've experienced this before, but I've never heard anyone else talk about this. But when you're thinking about something, either a passion project or work-related or something, and you're thinking, oh, I've got to get this done by this time, and I thought I was going to do it this night. And now that you're entertaining, let's say was it the case where like your mind was almost not able to be present in the moment with those that came over because you're thinking about well how am I going to get this done now and how am I going to rearrange my schedule or stay up later
1: Yeah that's that's exactly what happened. I think what happened was every hour that passed by I started thinking, man, this is an hour I can be getting work done. Yeah. Oh, I've
0: been there. Why do you know How do you get away from that?
1: Well, for me, how I get away is I, I, I go to Thailand.
0: <laughs> so too.
1: Thailand, so like in my one of my reviews, if you read this three, four years ago, but we go to Thailand every year. And so I go for like at least a month. And for me, and if you ever been in Thailand, like the most expensive part about Thailand is getting to Thailand. Like and once you're there everything is it's fine. And so I'll I'll take my family and three years ago we went for six months. And we go for at least a month. Thailand's like the only place for me again. Is, again, it's an environment thing where I I could be in a place and not worry about work type of thing. you know what I mean. Like I'm not constantly yeah. trying to like overachieve. Like I'm on, I'm on the beach, I'm doing things, and it's like it's the only place I've I figured out where I can just go and I know that I won't have like these demons going. Maybe you should keep working. Maybe you're not doing enough. You know, instead of going, maybe I should just go to the beach. Maybe this isn't worth it. You know. Yeah. Uh, And so, uh, one is, is, it's find your happy place. That's my recommendation for anyone. Um, and, and two, it's, uh, you know, I, I started actually seeing like a, like a therapist, like it was more like a business coach slash therapist. Um, and that helped me a lot. Like, I I didn't think it was gonna help me at all, but, uh, um, once I hired this lady and I wrote about it, I think I wrote about it in, in that post itself, uh, things started changing for me where I'm going. Well, actually, maybe I don't need to do this. And I think that's the, and the first thing when you're overworking is figure out like why, why I'm overworking because it, it becomes a habit. And you got to understand like why why I'm overworking. Like what what happens if I miss a deadline? What happens if I if I say no? You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I've I've just gotten better at that, but it's hard to, to break that habit.
0: Yeah, it is. I'm glad you brought up, because I also like, I only, uh, the idea of therapy I never experienced in my life, Mm -hmm. and only in the past like two years did I start doing therapy, Um, and it's not that I didn't believe in it or want, it's just I never had a reason, and all of a sudden I had a reason, and then I like fell in love with it. It's just this idea that like... Uh, talking to someone—it sounds so silly, but like, the really—and I know there's psychological like studies backing this up, but there really is something to just saying things out loud to somebody. Yeah, and then finding uh pieces that you never realized existed, and you know you're rearranging the puzzle, and all of a sudden, and it's just—I I smile yeah, it's because amazing. yeah, it's amazing because it's such a simple concept, right? Like, grab another human, preferably someone who's skilled and in, in listening, and talk to them. And all of a sudden, you will get out of this rut probably, and you will be able to progress. And you're like, "Well, yeah, that makes sense. Why didn't I try that before?"
1: And and, and with my with my therapist, I mean, she she was she was phenomenal. I mean, we spoke every once every two weeks, and like the, the like the fourth session, I'm kind of like, "Okay, like I I'm good. Like I'm, I'm I feel like I'm fixed. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I I went in with like not." a huge problem you know i was like oh maybe i'm just gonna i'm gonna just gonna try this you know and then but i remember going forth like i'm you know i'm things are good i've made it's like huge adjustments and then, like i'm like i'm i'm wondering like what, what possibly else you know is is this lady gonna you gonna you know gonna help me uncover, sure. you know by the end of the session i'm like crying go oh my god i can't even believe i didn't think of that you know it's like and so um which reminds i probably should I, I probably should re-sign up for those sessions but uh yeah, it it is amazing when you when you tie things back for so long. Of how did this habit start, and how do I stop it? Which is basically how I approached it.
0: Yeah, your happy place, Thailand. How did you? I'm curious. Uh, like, how did that become this place where you were almost safe from your own overworking anxiety and all that? Like, it became this this comfortable home. Was there like the first time you went some association with it, or
1: you know that's a good question. I you know I don't I, I when I started my career, I traveled all the time for work. I was just a consultant for you know for Accenture, and I traveled every week. And I, I just always told myself every time I went to one of these places, like you know, could I live here forever? You know, so like every time I went like vacation summer I said yeah, like I go to like Hawaii, like could I could I actually like live here? You know, and so when we went to Thailand for the first time, just me and my wife before my kids. It was the first place I go, I I could live here. You know what I mean? It's, and, and, and the several things just because of the weather, the food, uh, the cost of living. You know, I could still pay my mortgage here and whatever expenses I have, fixed fees, and still live in Thailand and still love, live like a king and still save money. You know, when all said and done. You know what I mean? Even, even yeah. still paying the mortgage back home. So it was like... And then when that happened, I was like, "Oh, this is this is phenomenal." And when I found, you know, there's a school, like an international school for my children there, I was like, "Wait, so I can bring my kids there? It's a it's a safe environment. We were we were, we were where we were in Thailand, in Phuket, uh, it was it was safe, um, you know, much safer than like a Bangkok." And so uh, people think, oh, that's crazy." I'm like, well, I'm like, once you're there, it's like this isn't crazy at all." You start thinking maybe. Just maybe this is the way it's, it should be, you know? Mm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, you know. And so, uh, but we're you know we're habits of nature, so we you know back you know you know back in the same suburb where your family is, type of thing. Um, but that Thailand was that place for me. I was like, I I can do this, you know. And so, and once I was there, I was like, you know, I, I my I want to say my ambition went away, but in in, in sort of a sense, it, it did. Um, but it just it just relaxed me. Right, I, just, I was just I was just happy all day.
0: Yeah, you were almost able to pause. It sounds
1: like, and um, every day, right? Yeah. I, I can I can work out. Um, it was just incredible, and my, my, and my wife loves it. My kids love it, you know. And so, um, all that combined, which is I can I can bring a family here for months at a time, and not miss a thing back home.
0: What a great uh, experience and tradition for your kids too. Yeah. Even just going once a year for a little bit, I'm sure they look forward to that.
1: Yeah, my my oldest daughter, uh, my youngest daughter has no idea where, where we were. My oldest daughter, I mean, she's only five now, but she still she still remembers, you know, like the beach and the things. She's at the, she's in the either in the beach or swimming every day, oh. which is like her dream. You yeah, know? it's the middle of December, January, and she's swimming in the beach, ninety degree weather. Of course, she's like, why would I do anything else?
0: I love that. Yeah. What, what more would a kid want? Right. What more would any of us want? I suppose. <laughs> Seriously.
1: Yeah. Why are we here? And the only reason I'm here is because of the quarantine. But otherwise, we would have we would have been there for you know we had a five week trip planned.
0: Oh gosh. Well, hopefully, once uh, the pandemic's all said and done, you'll be able to head back soon.
1: Yeah. That's the first place we're going.
0: So, this fire me, I beg you. Mm-hmm. I love this title of the book, and I know, I, obviously, or I would imagine part of the the title comes from it's a great marketing it gets people's attention but the I beg you part is the part that to me says this is more than just a you know quit your job and live your passion type book which first of all don't get me wrong is important um, but the I beg you part suggests this is bad like not bad not a bad book but this is like a bad situation I'm in what where did this book come from like what inspired you to write a book called fire me I beg you
1: you know what's funny is It's actually around the time That you and I met Is, is when, I, when I came up with this concept So around like the, the Technori days If you remember that I think when you were doing Entrepreneurs Unplugged I think we were at that time Like 2012 yeah. And so I just At that time I just quit my job Became an entrepreneur And um, you know Started to get myself involved In the Chicago network And uh, I told myself After I left I was, I was going to write A blog post every single day And so I didn't, I had no concept, no, no content strategy or plan. I'm just going to, I bought my own website, my own domain name, and I just, uh, I just published a blog post every day, you know, five days a week basically. And, but I forced myself to write it. And so there was one day where, um, I'm writing, I'm forcing myself to write, I have no idea what to write. And I'm like, I just have to write anything, you know? And, um, and then I wrote this post called, and the last thing I, I called it fire me I beg you and the, the the post it was like 600 words which was I wanted my boss to fire me you know but she didn't you know and I thought she was gonna fire me uh, when I got the email invite at like you know 12 a.m the night before it said, and the invite said catch up and when I got that invite I was going man she she's gonna fire me for sure like you know my, my boss doesn't send these type of emails there's no description so I get in the office going, You know, I hope she doesn't fire me, but you know, I got this little demon behind me going, "Please just end my misery." I hate this place. I want to become an entrepreneur. I want to do something else. You know, fire me. I beg you. You know, please just end it. And then she just wanted to catch up. So, uh, but I wrote this post called "Fire Me." I beg you. I published it on Hacker News, like I did with all of them, expecting literally no one to you know click the upvote button. I left the office. And then, like, 30 minutes, 45 minutes later, my phone is, like, going crazy. And then I look, and I was like, the top post in Hacker News. And then I was like, wow, people actually, like, relate to this. And so I actually bought the domain name. And then maybe, like, three, four years later, I published the book called Fire Me, I Beg You. And uh, the foundation was that story. But then it just led into, you know, my journey and, you know, how to figure out, you know, what you want to do with your life. Um and then yeah, so that that was the concept. I published it, and I, you know built a fan base from there. And uh, and and what's interesting about it is that it, it, there's a lot of tension in that name. You know what I mean? It's yeah, one of those. It's is. one of those things where I realized with this, this book is that when you see the title, you either get it or you don't. And the people that don't get it really don't get it. You know, like they've never even encountered anything like that. But the people that get it, like. It's just like they're just transpired by this this you know this this post this uh the name in the book, and it just sort of takes off from there, and I just get emails, I still get emails people tell me all caps, Robbie, I just got fired, like it was like thank you, <laughs> <I> was like <laughs> the and I was like, okay, you know you can that's an odd thing, but sure yeah, congratulations on being fired, you know, but that's what people what i what I realized after writing through writing is that. People want to get fired. They truly, truly. Some people just want to get fired, but they don't. You know, or they don't quit. They just need some. They need to get permission to to leave. And so, uh, I just basically inspire people that are on the edge of quitting. And if you're not on the edge, then this book is meaningless to you.
0: It's interesting the the what you just said about people want permission because that's what I was thinking. Like, I can understand the scenario where you desire to move on and do something else, but you feel like, well, if someone else pushes me and I'm forced to, if I'm fired from my job, well, then I have to, but otherwise, well, I don't have to go do that. And so I imagine people look for that permission that you said.
1: Right. Or, you know, I don't have to, or I don't want to disappoint them. I got projects due. You know, so you get this rut of like, I don't want you know, I don't want to disappoint this person. You know, so you just get in this rut. Oh, I have a lease; I can't leave the lease. You know, but as soon as someone takes that lease away or, or your job away, you start thinking, "Wow, maybe I could do something else." And I think this quarantine, I think we're going to see a lot of people saying who have a lot more time in their hands, going the, and they got laid off, saying, "Maybe I should do something else." And so I think we're going to see a big shift in in careers and how people are approaching things. Even my tenant, my tenant. Unfortunately, she can't renew because she lost her job, but she's moving to San Francisco because now she has the opportunity to, you know, do something different. I, I wouldn't be moving to San Francisco because that's probably the most expensive place to move after <laughs> losing a job, but hey, you know, that's, <laughs> but again, you know, <laughs> you know, that's that's the place that she wanted to move to, so that's fine. I,
0: yeah, I can, oh, I I love San Francisco. I was there last summer. My friend lived there and he since moved to Australia, but uh i remember him telling me about the cost of living and just it's such a beautiful city especially in the summer but when i was hearing some of these
1: numbers of the cost of living and rent and mortgage and i thought oh i just no it's it's insane when i got a, when i did a uh, i was working in chicago and and i got an offered to work in california you know we, i was like negotiating pay you know and the pay was like okay i'll, I'll give you an extra 15% i was like okay thank you I did one Google search, and I'm going with a 15% raise. If I move, with everything said and done, I'm going to lose money. It's like I. It's like you've you've punished me.
0: Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean.
1: (laughs) And so I just did a I just cost of living readjustment, and um, but yeah, it's living normally. It's it's insanity.
0: You mentioned. Around 2012 might have been when we met, when you were helping out with Technori, which was an amazing event series here in Chicago, and then I ran my own event series called Entrepreneurs Unplugged. Was that when you did you did like 250 coffee meetings in like just over a year? Mm-hmm. Was mm-hmm. it was it then? And what was the was this to kind of I love this because I'm a big fan of networking and just getting to know others, just connecting, and over time. I mean that's what it's all about, right? right just right, right. meeting other people on this planet. You took that to kind of an extreme, but I yes. I, I kinda like that. What was the impetus behind doing that? Two hundred fifty cough meetings in four hundred days, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think the the impetus was I quit my job. So this is after the the Fire Me I Beg You incident. Uh but before in, the incident. book was created. Right. <laughs> the yeah. the but, but before the book was created, I uh I I left, you know, the 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 um I guess the enterprise technology community, like the consulting community, you know, and became an entrepreneur with no real plan of how I was going to make money or whatever. Just, just want to sort of be free. And then when I, when I quit, I realized like, man, I don't know anybody. Like all the people that I knew, they, they have jobs and, and they're just in their own little world. They're not, you know, they're doing things money through Friday. They're not You know, they're not working anything new. They're not creating anything new. It's just the same thing. And that, and I realized, I am like, I don't know anyone, and so I was like, I need to start meeting people like quickly without really any expectations or knowledge of what I was expecting from it. You know, like I, I didn't have a coffee meeting trying to sell them anything. I was just like, hey, let's just connect and see how we can help each other. And so through through Technori, I was able through this event series, I was able to meet you know people like yourself, people that were pitching you know, companies that are pitching and keynotes. And after every, after I sort of trained them how to how to give this, give these talks, I said, Hey, do you want to have coffee? You know? And I am like 90% of them were like, yeah, let's catch up. And so I just started doing that. Just, co- I mean, I had like four or five coffee meetings a day sometimes. And, uh, and I just kept doing them and doing them and doing them. And then when I was all sort of like, I guess, quote unquote done, I go, wow, that was a lot of coffee meetings, you know? And so um, I just sort of continue that tradition. I don't. I don't take 250 anymore. I might, you know, I might do the post quarantine. Um, but f- a fantastic experience, and, and it's it's paid off in, in dividends just through relationships and business and things like that. Uh, but it, I highly recommend it uh, for anyone that's like looking just immerse themselves in a new city with, with knowing nobody. Um, so, um, but yeah, that that was the impetus of it. I just I just didn't know anybody. And I needed to figure out how.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes complete sense. Were there any like, were there any big themes that kind of came out of that, or big learnings? Because that's a lot of data points in, in a short amount yes. of time. So I imagine there had to have been some trends you saw or themes that kind of came out of that.
1: Yeah, I think you know what's interesting is well, one is uh, I'm actually writing a book on. On uh, small talk, and uh, interesting, and the 250 coffee meetings was a big inspiration of that. Just through the learnings have I had is um, is that, and so a few things I learned is how do I get people to like open up to me? Sure, you know what I mean, because I started realizing randomly that people would just start telling me things they probably shouldn't be telling me, like just really personal things and people we just met. And I started questioning like why, how does this happen and And a lot of it was just through the coffee meetings of being able um to put someone's guard down you know, like when you meet somebody like how do you establish that they you you can tell me anything like i'm your like i'm your your best friend type of thing well, and you have that kind of feel that vibe to you like you're a very
0: personable very it's in the cadence of your, you know, your voice and your speech. Like it's a very a comforting feeling. Like you're not, you're a very um, warm, like diving in oh, person. W- yeah. With your speech. I mean, the moment we started talking and I don't know the last time we've talked, you know, voice, voice to voice as we call it. Right, right. Um, <laughs> but immediately, you know what I mean? Like so I can other... feel like I could just start talking to you. So I, yeah. I would, I could see where people would just start. You know, maybe unloading things that you didn't expect them to.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think a, a big part is, is that, you know, the themes I saw from these coffee meetings is one is the, the people that have coffee meetings or that were really open to or have had several coffee meetings, you know, they're all entrepreneurs and, and they, for the most part, stayed entrepreneurs. Like you still, you know, still on, entrepreneurial and the things that you do. Uh, and everyone that I've had coffee with are still pretty much entrepreneurial. People don't change much, you know? Um, and so that, that was a big thing was that pe- people are, the people I have a coffee with are still, you know, pursuing like, you know, bigger things. Uh, some people have stayed with the same subject or topic that they've, that, that they've always had. Uh, but that, that was a big theme. And, I, and and when it comes to just like talking to people and getting people to open up, you know, a big thing that I, I've always tried to do is, you know, so when I, when I lower people's guards, like, how do I actually do that? Like, what is the secret to that? Um, one is actual coffee itself. It's like, a, you know, it gets you going. You know, so it's a good thing. It's a good thing to have. Like coffee just makes you want to open up. It's like a little cozy place. Um, but two is like, is through just, when I, you know, the, just the authenticity of me just opening up. So either like through my writing or whatever is that people are like, oh, I can tell this guy anything, you know, type of thing. Uh, but I establish that a lot by, you know, when I want to lower somebody's guard is just by telling them something about myself that – Maybe I shouldn't tell them, you know, um, and and once I sort of establish like I'm telling you things about me, you know, then they start opening up to me like, OK, well, here's actually like what's what's happening, because I recognize you've also been through that. And so I'm not saying like it's like a trick I use, you know, but it's like I get I get them comfortable with opening up. And that's how we have a better conversation. I'm not trying to hypnotize them or anything, but we have like a, we have a, a much better conversation you know like I said, a very human conversation because i'm allowing them to just to just open up yeah it's not a
0: trick it's just simply you're putting something out there that's probably vulnerable and you know you're opening the door so to speak you're saying yeah. hey i'm i'm comfortable sharing with you if you're comfortable sharing back i'm i'm open to it
1: yeah because if i if i want to have coffee with you like at least tell me something interesting you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly if yeah. we're gonna
0: take the time to connect and you know quote unquote break bread together and right. you know, it's, it's almost a form of sharing a meal right like the old you know humans over time just yeah. sitting around the campfire type thing
1: yeah and, and and I think the biggest thing too is that there's no expectations you know there's yeah. no we might never see each other we might catch up and, and you know it could be a good like business development you know thing like I've, I've gotten business from it but it's never my first intention it's always I just enjoyed coffee and just talking to people for 30 minutes at a time You know, after 30 minutes, I'm good, but after, you know, but the, uh, uh, um, but yeah, that's, that's basically it. Oh yeah.
0: I could see that. It's such a, I'm a big fan of just grabbing coffee with people again when pandemic's all over (laughs) virtual coffee for now. Yeah. A thought just occurred to me. So we were talking about overworking and, um, you, you know, explained how it's kind of been a struggle in the past for you, and that's how we started the conversation about being in the closet. And so, <laughs> but then I was just thinking, sleeping in the closet, <laughs> I, like the, I like
1: things I regret writing down on paper. <laughs> I' sleeping in the closet. Yeah, I didn't think this make it to a podcast. I'm like I know it's gonna read. <laughs> Here we but, are, Rob yeah. in bed, sleeps in closets. <laughs> Please listen to an hour from this. Yeah, this this is this is the guy. This is the guy I want to listen to. Yeah, sorry.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. So then I'm thinking. So I'm thinking we were gonna do this interview, you know, a day before, and then you emailed me and said, "Hey, I'm I'm up late. I'm working on a, uh, you know, something for a the client. Thing, yeah, I'm just, yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna be in in the shape to do this tomorrow morning." I said, "No problem. We could do it the day after." But now I'm just thinking, like, were you overworking again, or was it just you had, you know, for that specific? project you had shifted your schedule so hopefully you weren't working like a 23 hour day or something you know
1: this this quarantine has messed me all up i'm not gonna lie yeah so i think it's messed us all up with schedules it's messed me all up so this for this specific client like i i haven't stayed up to three i'm working on some on someone else's stuff for a, a long time maybe like five six years but sometimes like when i'm um i write when I need to write something like deep, I, uh, I'm i much better at night. And so, you know, I think during the day I was just – I probably wasn't even doing much. But like especially because now that I was fasting and I, I lose all my creative energy. And so like after I'm done eating and ha- I'll have like a coffee like ten eleven o'clock and I got some energy, I said, I could probably start writing. And so – but then when I, when I, I would just, I just got myself in a little thing. I was like, it was like three in the morning and go, oh, I got this podcast I go, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell him, but, uh, you know, it's still, it, like I said, it's, it's never, it doesn't seem to be gone, you know? Cause like in my business is that I, I still work for clients, you know? Yeah. And so, um, occasionally it happens, but I, but now the, the difference is that I know this isn't going to work. I was just going to say I yeah. think even if
0: even if you were overworking the other night, the fact that you are aware of it, I think is a huge right. step.
1: Yeah. yeah. O- old Robbie would have been let's I would have I would have woke up. Yeah. And, and did the podcast. New Robbie going, you know, is he going to be mad at me, you know, a little. You know, and I, I know this is like my this is my last chance of of rescheduling. Uh and uh but I said, you know what? It's just it's I have to, you know. I don't want to create something crappy, and um, and I just wanted to be fresh. And, and Saturdays are perfect for that. Yeah, but a lot good of- observation. Yes, Ryan, are you still? You sure you need to get that therapist? I you know, think I think that a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, well, I, I'm concerned about your <laughs> your nature. Yeah.
0: No, it's, it's something I've learned about myself recently is, or a skill that I've picked up more is this self-awareness, like, and I recognize that in others and I'm, I'm so happy because I, there's such power in being self-aware again, even if you're quote unquote making the same mistake or, you know, falling into the same behavior or whatever. But as long if you're aware of it this time, right? I think, you know, you're so much more capable of overcoming it and moving forward, you know, the next time.
1: And, and how do you know you're overworking or do you not? you just have like a natural stop you
0: know, you know i've i've overworked in and out I, I, it ebbs and flows throughout my life yeah. um i found with this podcast that i that's where i could really relate to your mm-hmm. example of the sunday night entertaining and then you know oh i should be doing this work i found with this podcast you know is something that i kind of started on a whim and then as time went on took more and more seriously and i continue you know to want to build it right. into something great in my eyes But I do find myself, you know, fitting it in around the other things in my life, and almost taking up all the other time in my life, Mm -hmm. and that becomes overworking in a sense because then you're like, well, you know, do I want to hang out tonight and and grab a drink with somebody, or do I want to make sure I edit that podcast episode because my own deadline for myself is you know three days from now, right? So what one way I've tried to overcome that is to, uh get further ahead. Part of it was when I just Mm. kind of started it, I'd be working on next week's episode. And if I didn't Mm -hmm. scramble and overwork this week, there'd be nothing next week. But now, which is interesting, talking about the quarantine, the pandemic, this has allowed me to get ahead. I'm able now, you know, Mm. I think I got episodes now for the next like seven or eight weeks. Oh, amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so now I don't have to overwork necessarily to get next Wednesday's episode out. I can... You know, Amazing. plan ahead. Yeah, it's it's a world of a difference. And I've been thinking about how do I make sure that carries on now once we're you know a little bit back to quote unquote normal. Like how do I make sure that I stay ahead and don't overwork? So
1: yeah, I think and I think the thing for me what I realize is that especially you know last year I uncover is that it you know I'm my own worst enemy. You know? Yeah, and it, and, it, and yeah, I realize sometimes like I. When, for example, and it's not as much as it, it is, it is as it was before, but like when, when there's like a, when people are off on Monday, there's like a holidays on Monday. Like that was like great for me. Not because I get off on Monday. It was because I knew other people weren't working on Monday. And so it's like, it was, it wasn't a race for me. It's like, Oh, I have time. Because yeah. once my clients start working, other people start working. That's when work gets created. You know what I mean <laughs> like the purpose of work yeah. is to create more work, and I recognize like well, you know, and that's why I started setting like new relationships with my clients, which is um you know, I basically work on my own schedule, you know, my calendar for the most part is is like like wide open you like I have no recurring meetings, I have nothing, I just get an activity or a task, and I do it on my own time, you know what I mean, so like I've just been really diligent about just rejecting you know, almost everything, you know, even like podcasts. For this is the first podcast I've done in a while. Um, mainly because I've just been rejecting everything, you know? Uh, and what's also what I've done from, from an overworking perspective is that even sometimes even with coffee meetings and things like that, is that what I'll do is, and it's, and, it's, and I think I might have even done this with, with you is that whenever I get a request for, for something like of my time, I'll delay it by a month, like a minimum just to see if the people, the person will follow up or not.
0: I noticed that because I so we're at the almost the end of May now, and I reached out. Oh my goodness! Back in it, I might think it was have like been,
1: January something. Yeah, it was like really early. Yes, actually, yes,
0: yes, it was before the whole COVID nineteen situation. I remember, yeah. I remember this. You had said May fourth, or we had picked May fourth, and I remember in my head thinking that is so far away. And again, at the time, I was <laughs> right. scrambling week by week, and yeah. I thought. All right. Well, this is great. I would love to to interview Robbie in four months, but what the hell am I going to do next week? <laughs>
1: right. and, and is Robbie that busy? He's got scheduled four months. And uh, I love maybe, that technique.
0: Yeah. Now that I'm hearing the, the the reasoning behind the technique, I love that.
1: Yeah. So it's 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 worked out well for him because a lot of people. I mean, you, you followed up. Some people. Some people follow up, but some people just don't at all. And I really, I just, I I, I never miss it. You know what I mean? It's like, well, yes, yeah. yeah, so you didn't want it, you know, but it's like, if it's someone where like, I know they need help or, um, uh, like it's close, you know, a friend or a cousin or something it's like, then I'll follow up with them going, you know, like, Hey, like make sure to follow. Like I give them permission to annoy me. It's like, Hey, feel yeah. free to annoy me and bug me. I might be really busy, but like, you know, here's my phone number. Just reach out whenever, you know, and we'll make it happen. But yeah, that's, that's of the reason, which is I, I probably was, I think I was writing the book too, but I was like, let me just. My first instinct is like, yeah, it sounds great. You know, and it's funny, is that in my head, I'm probably thinking, I probably won't be as busy in four months. It's like, oh, I've got everything figured out. Like, I could just sort of work in an autopilot, and it, it, never, it never happens. <laughs> it's a way to kind of put it off till
0: tomorrow, so to yes, speak.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I like that, though, in terms of being kind of a filter. Um, especially it, work, cause, it works great. It really yeah. works great. Yeah, especially because, I mean, you know, I think all of our individual time is important. Like, it is important to... You know, it's part of self-care, I think, and not overworking is kind of guarding your time. Yes. It's what's truly important to you. So, I think that's a great way to kind of, you know, help prioritize.
1: It's like, all right,
0: I'd be happy to do the podcast, but let's see how important it really is to them. You know, are they just... Right, exactly. disappear?
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, for me, it's like, I've been avoiding, like, meetings or appointments. Like, having to be having to be somewhere yeah like it's it's like it's it's almost like not a freeing thing you know it's kind of like oh i have to be here it's like a commitment and so uh, i'd really i i'd much rather prefer like ad hoc things versus like oh i can't go there because it's like you know 3 p.m i have to be there and 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 to tie it back to thailand the big reason like i like thailand is because i can say no to almost anything because i'm not there I could say no to family engagements. I could say no to weddings. I could say no to funerals. I could just say no to anything because I'm not there. You know, when I have like an excuse, and it's just so much better that way. I never thought about it
0: that way. That you, <laughs> yeah. The physical distance, yeah, no one questions that. Like, oh, he's in Thailand. There's no way you can make
1: this. Right. And and, and, it's, uh, and it works. So you, but I end up doing things on my terms where I, I just have no commitments. I want to go to the beach. I'm at the beach. What do I have? I have nothing. You know, I have nothing besides pick up my kids from school. Yeah. You know, and so, um, and just be able to write whenever I want.
0: How, speaking of your kids, how has, so five and... Two. Uh, two? Yeah. Okay. I have a nine and five. Oh, wow. I was right like, now. in my head, I'm trying to, they're going to be ten and six in a couple well, months. What's, uh, what's, what's nine years old like? So my son is nine. My daughter's five. Yeah. Um, he... And I, I don't mention that for the gender, but um, they are very different personalities as mm. humans. He, I've heard this from other people who have 10, 11, 12, whatever, mm. um, definitely getting to that preteen stage. Like he's mm-hmm. he's a little man. I mean, he really is. I, I never, one of my biggest learnings from having children, I never had much experience with children growing up. I didn't have any cousins. I never babysat. Um, was that. I learned how we become these full-fledged people so yeah. early on, you know. By like two, I'm, I mean I'm sure you see this in your youngest. Like they're already these little people with personalities and communication and stuff. So by the time my son is coming on ten now, I feel like he's like a 35 year old. Like he's just, I mean, he's like, you know what I mean? Like, of course, physically, you know, yeah. you start to become more human or more of a a man. But but just his um, his mental state, his mm-hmm. communication style—it's just it's amazing. I look, yes, I almost you know, and and now I can see where the kind of like bittersweetness comes in. I'm like, yeah. I love you to death, man. You are awesome, but oh my gosh, like I used to like feed you and hold you and
1: pick <laughs> you up, and you know what happened? <laughs> yeah, what's this? So what happened? Yeah, they they start, start saying. I mean, I only, I, I haven't experienced nine have five year old, but sometimes you say things like, how did that even? yes how do like, you even you know that up with this yeah, yeah like how do you even have that sort of compassion or thought process to even think like that you know what i mean and sometimes it, it just comes out of nowhere and you're like wow i'm kind of impressed you know but it's also kind of scary going well you're learning everything from me yes you know and so like what like for example sometimes like i so we, i have this house i bought a house last year and, and uh and i have a, a basement a big basement and um and I, when I go to work, not especially in the quarantine, I, I go in the basement. And so sometimes I don't come out of the basement for like a long time because I'm just working, writing, whatever. Sure. And okay, and since my, my daughter's not at school, you know, sometimes when I'm about to, you know, go down to the basement, she'll like block the basement door going, no working today. You know, no. it's kind of like, well, how do you, even my two year old's like, no work. I was like, well, okay. I've, this could be a problem because like when they grow up, they might think, "Well, all my dad did was work," you know. It's because, but in reality, it's just like he's just going to the office, and his office happens to be somewhere where you're not, you know. Because that's the only way your dad can get work done. And so, but I, I, I become really cognizant of that. And some days, I'm just like, you know what, like I'm not working today. You know, like let's like let's do something in the backyard or play, so you don't think that I'm always working like you get it you get it like why I'm working but you don't really care
0: you do start to realize what effect we have on our children I mean whether we like it or not whether we want to or not they learn so much because like you said you hear things they say and you're like well where in the world did that thought even enter or how did you become able to process like they like well it was something right Around, Are you know, you,
1: yeah, you hang out with the neighbor's kids too much. Like, what is yeah. like, how did you learn that dance? Who's on TikTok? You know, why is she on TikTok? <laughs> you know, I know hanging out with a friend, you know, two years older than you is a bad, bad idea. You know, so it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I, it's, it, it is amazing.
0: I was thinking, you know, what you just said about your daughter saying, you know, oh, you know, no work today, or you maybe being fearful that she might feel like you're working too much. Like when you were kind of really in the midst of "Oh, Robbie, you're overworking too much," did you start to think about, well, how will that affect you know my children's perception, or how will that affect you know what they're kind of absorbing from from me
1: yeah i'm I'm more cognizant of it than than ever, knowing that like subconsciously they they might pick up the same bad habit you know or something might you know. They, they'll, they'll probably remember this for weird times when they, when they get older and it, it just they just break into a bad habit so I'm extremely worried about that um, especially during this quarantine like outside of the quarantine it's just normal because they have school you know but now it's like they're looking there and, and they they don't understand why I should be working and so I'm constantly thinking about and that's why I'm always um, I'm, I make it a habit of just coming up in the middle of the day or the morning of the day, or like playing, you know, I'll play board games with my daughter, you know, during the middle of the day or, you know, after work is done and just, um, and just do it. And sometimes I, I, I will actively just try to like look my daughters in the eyes when I talk to them. You know what I mean? Sometimes like they want to tell you stories or this and that. And it's just very easy to like look at my phone or something. But, um, I, it, it's something that's on my mind. It's a fantastic question because it's something that's always on my mind is how, how can I mess up my children? You know, it's like what's what is the yeah. what are these little things that they pick it's, up? Going, how did you even no? It's just it's quarantine. I'm working, not even more than normal. You know, but it, you know they might pick it up and start working or start doing things that you know just because the, that's the only thing they know. And that's that's what you realize from therapy is like, how did I? Why do I do this? Why am I overworking? You know, what do all the, and then so you start picking up all these little things that you picked up as a little kid that you know even if your parents were good you didn't you didn't realize this is that's your your perspective on life and so you just start picking it up
0: yeah like you just said like uh, i'm thinking about how do how do i mess up my kids i'm i'm thinking about that all the time too and like just in a like you said we pick up so much from our parents Right. That sometimes we don't even realize ever, or if we do realize that it, it's so much later in life. Right. And so I'm always thinking now, like, am I, you know, okay, well, if I didn't really agree with the way they did this, or I don't like the effect this had on me, how am I now doing this with my children? Am right. I changing it? Am I evolving it so that it's more in line with what I wish would have happened or what I prefer?
1: Yeah. Like for my kids, like I want my, I want my kids to be, you know, entrepreneurial and, and, you know, be active on on um whatever they have to do i just have to be very um conscious of how i sort of bring them into that environment yeah. and you know even like not spoiling them you know sometimes like you know I, I remember like when i was a kid i used to collect like like baseball cards or something like that and i just remember some some kid had like we were collecting stickers I only had like these z- z- small stickers right it's amazing the things that you remember as, as a kid <laughs> and someone came with like this big sticker that took up the whole like page you know and all i remember thinking like wow that's a big sticker you know and it's like and it's like am i giving my kid this big sticker every day where she's like oh this is just a big sticker," you know so it's like i'm i've to think like i, I don't want to spoil you you know it's very easy to give you these things but when i want you to grow up i want you to be able to say like you know I drove a, you know, a Buick for the first 5 years not versus like I had a Mercedes, you know, yes. even if I could afford it or not. It's just kind of like I don't want you to think that's normal because it will it it will hurt you in the end.
0: Such a tough line to balance. I find myself thinking that too is you want them to have the sense of ownership and yes. working for things and you know truly experiencing life. But then you also feel like, well, if I'm able, I want them to have the best life possible. Like, I want them to just, you know, it's like, well, there's some middle ground there that I'm sure is different for everybody and we'll all figure out, but it's it's tough.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll we'll see because every day their personality evolves and, you yeah, know, it might not be in my control. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah.
0: It's true. Yeah. I was just the other day, I was... Oh my gosh, I don't know how we are on the subject My Mm -hmm. my son and I were talking about cutting grass I think I said something about like Oh, the yard's so big, one day you'll cut it Mm. And he'll be like, and I said, Oh, I used to cut, you know, Mimi and Papa's grass. And mm. somehow we got on the subject of how much it paid. And he said, Oh, 20 bucks. I'm like, Yeah, that's how much Mimi and Papa paid me. It was like 20 yeah. bucks. They had a huge yard. It took me like an hour and a half. Yeah. And his face lit up and he thought, 20 bucks. Right. Because him and his friends are like working on some movie they've been working on for years, like, yeah. you know, writing <laughs> stuff. And and he's like, 20 bucks. Oh my gosh, me and so and so could get this and that and this. With the... And his face like, lit up. And I thought, Oh, well, maybe this is a great way to like introduce in the concept of like earning and right. why you earn and how you can now then take that and build whatever you want with it. And and I thought, oh, okay, well, this is a good, it was a good signal for me. I thought, okay, right. maybe because grass cutting is definitely how I first got into like making money yeah. for my parents. But and I, I said, I was like, oh, you know, many kids, you know, start going around the neighborhood and start cutting neighbors' yards right. and make a couple <laughs> right. bucks here and there.
1: And yeah, yeah. it's face you, lit up. You need a lemonade stand for sure.
0: Yeah, yes. Get, get that, make that money. Like immediately. Yeah. Speaking of lawnmowers, this is unrelated, but uh, I was biking yesterday and I saw someone cutting the grass and they had a, a push lawnmower that had headlights. And It was the first time in my life I'd ever seen a lawnmower that had headlights.
1: And it was the middle of the day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right, 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 right. But like not, yeah.
0: a, not a sit-out lawnmower, but like a push regular lawnmower. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's the last thing is like if I get a riding lawnmower, which I, I'll, ne- I'll never have, but it's kind of like that. I don't want you to think that's this is like this is the yeah. normal thing. Unless I have a <laughs> farm. If I have a farm, yeah, you need a riding lawnmower. Exactly. But if you don't have a farm, you don't. <laughs> you know, you you could probably pay someone to do your lawn and it'd be cheaper than you know buying your own lawnmower type of thing in the end. But yeah.
0: So you you mentioned back in January when we first I reached out about the podcast, you were probably working on that next book about small talk. Um, so is this something that's happening? In the near future, then can we look forward to to
1: this? Yeah, so I have I'll be finishing the first draft this week, uh, in the next two weeks, um, and so the, the 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 title, the draft title, which I think is going to stick, is called uh, "Please Don't Talk to Me." Um, and so that, and I like so, it. It's got that same. Yeah. I beg you. Uh, it's, very, sting it's very to negative. It. <laughs> yeah, if you're miserable, don't like it's eye, to people. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a book that's that's made for people that don't like talking to people.
0: Which I would imagine and I'm sure you have the data, but I imagine yeah. it's a majority of people. You know, there's that old Jerry Seinfeld joke that you know, if given the choice between uh given the eulogy at a funeral or being in the casket, most people prefer to be in the casket because nobody likes to publicly speak.
1: <laughs> right, right, exactly. And so there's a lot of people don't they? They just don't understand small talk. They don't. Well, what what am I what am I going to say next, or how to make it interesting, or this person yeah. going to judge me? You know. And so I sort of cover the subject. So so that the the title is please don't talk to me. And the draft subtitle at the moment, and and it's not confirmed. Yeah, but we'll, I'll put it out there. It's uh, how to communicate with assholes, introverts, extroverts, senior executives, and other people you really don't want to talk to. And <laughs> So it's, so it, it's broken oh. up into I have the first section, the first part of the book, half of the book, is about the techniques to get people to, 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 to open up to you, like the techniques and, and the questions to ask and things like that. And then the re- half of the book is how to how to to communicate with certain in- individuals, and so I already have a draft. The draft of how to communicate with assholes um, at work is already out on LinkedIn, and so I got a lot of good feedback in that. And so, um, but now I'm going to start releasing the chapters. I'm sort of like crowdsourcing it a little bit, and then when it's ready to be published, I'll publish it probably in the next like month or so. But the book, the entire book, will be out online, like through multiple little sections and so um i've gotten over the fear of like people stealing my stuff or whatever um but now i'm just put out there get the feedback on it compile it and, and then publish it
0: i love that title and subtitle and yeah uh, people, uh, yeah
1: yeah it's and so, so me yeah yeah it's and so uh and so what's funny is do you, do you know david Cadavy?
0: From- yeah, yeah. He used to be like a web designer in Chicago, right? I think he's yeah, down in yeah. Austin
1: now. He's uh, in Columbia. Columbia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's funny. He, but he wrote a book called "Design for Hackers," and so he'll laugh, and probably thinking, when you when you think of him as a web designer in Chicago, because he has a that was like his first <laughs> that job, was a like long way, time ago. a long time yeah. ago. But um, and uh, so so a part of the book is uh, is how do I get people now? This is like I guess a. secret insight into, into the book is, is how do I get people to, um, to open up to you? And, um, and a part of it is asking people how they became so good at something. Like, it's like you compliment them and, and say, for example, and, and you compliment them saying, how did, how did you get so good at that? You know, and it's kind of like what a podcaster, like what you do as a podcaster naturally, but that's how you get people to sort of, like, tell them about your childhood, et cetera. But, but to the title – so I told him this. We were on, like, a Zoom call or whatever. And then he asked me – he goes, Rob, he goes, oh, I love the title. How did you get so good at writing titles? And I started, like, telling about it, and I go, oh, oh, you're using <laughs> – and he's laughing at me because he doesn't he doesn't give a shit about, you know, my – and the funny thing is I didn't even come up with the title and someone else did. Um And – uh but yeah, people people love the title, but that's, I guess, the insight into uh, getting people to open up is to say, oh, that's great. How did you get so good at that? You know, so it's like being a therapist, a therapist's job is to figure out what's wrong with you. Your job is to figure out what's right with you, with the other person. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, even for a podcast, it's kind of like, you start pointing out little things like curiosity, and uh, because there's been several studies that have shown that people get like a high bigger than cocaine when talking about themselves
0: that I was just going to say from all my years of interviewing, you just stumbled on the, the one thing I always tell people is when people think, Oh, well, interviewing someone is really hard. Uh, it is, but and there's a lot of, a lot to it. But one of the biggest things is you don't realize we love to talk about ourselves all the time and it's, yeah. And I'm sure there's dopamine and all sorts of, you know, chemical reactions
1: in our brain, but it, yeah. this is The only reason people say yes to your podcast yeah. I mean, one is may- maybe this will go, you know, blow up or, yeah, t- you know, they may have this audience, et cetera. But the main reason is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, anyone that's interested in me, sure, I'll tell them. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's it is a, it's a dopamine hit.
0: And you're going to run into people, and I've run into people that are more introverts, more shy, and a little bit yeah. less likely to want to talk about themselves. But yeah, if you. You know, if you have a hook or a reason, you know, to kind of almost convince them, it's very unlikely that the biggest thing that's going to get in the way in my experience of someone, for example, this podcast is uh, scheduling or just simply like generally scheduling like they they their life has too much going on to fit me in. Um but you know, if we were in different circumstances, I'm sure they'd be happy to just sit down and tell me about themselves. Uh you know, I think at the end of the day, it's very unlikely someone's ever gonna say, No, I don't want to tell you about myself.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, no no but and 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 if you if you phrase it in the right way, you know, you can't say, Well, tell me about your childhood. And it's kinda yeah. like, Well, okay, yeah, who are you? But <laughs> if you ask them the right question, they'll they'll go back to their childhood and that's part of the of the processes, every question you ask should bring them closer to their childhood. You know, and and the better the question is, the farther they go back. And you just keep following up on that. Like, how did you get involved in that? Were your parents always good at that? You know, what did you start to, you know, so it's kind of like then you start talking about, like, your, ki- your kids and things like that. And then that, and then any introvert can open up to that because they're yeah. just talking about what they know the best, which is themselves.
0: Yeah the best subject matter out there on yourself is probably
1: yourself yeah yeah until you don't you see a therapist and realize you don't actually understand yourself (laughs) but then you become an even better subject matter (laughs) expert (laughs) exactly yes exactly
0: oh my gosh Robbie thank you so much for spending your Saturday morning with me I feel very I think this might be the first time I've done a, a podcast interview taping on a Saturday morning I feel like we have a kinship here
1: yeah absolutely just as long as there's no video you know people don't want to see my quarantine beard um, you know <laughs> well you, you can make this the unless you make this like the, the 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 thumbnail image of the uh of <laughs> of the post just to spite me but yeah or if
0: I ever get into the uh, – what is that site? Like Patreon where people could subscribe and support the podcast and get like exclusive content. Right. If I ever get into that, this would be the kind of content that people would be able to to pay for. Is yeah, exactly. see, see what people really looked like during the Saturday morning right. video interview.
1: Right. I, I've contemplated starting uh, – I've had a lot of dumb ideas, but one of my dumbest ideas, which I think we didn't do, is, is have a podcast at 4 in the morning and just <laughs> and call it 4 a.m., Live or just, or just to tape it at four a.m. Just tape it at four. I mean, live, yeah. yeah tape it at four a.m. And happens. I don't know why. I, I just thought like it would be like this. You know, I, I don't know. It was, it was like it, it was dumb, and like I'm not waking up four a.m. But <laughs> anyone wants to steal that idea, call it four a.m. and you get some raw early morning thoughts. I was going to you know. say at the at the very
0: least, it would be an interesting like psychological or sociological experiment, like just seeing how the humans perform at 4 a.m. and what kind of comes out, you know, what state
1: they're in. Maybe they just got home from a late night. Maybe they're up early, about to go running. Right. And that's where, like, 4 a.m. It's like it's right in the middle of, should I stay up for this or should I go to sleep for this? Yes. And that would be the opening of the podcast, which is which route did you take? You know what I mean?
0: I don't think this is a dumb idea, Robbie. I think there's something (laughs) here. If you want to do it.
1: (laughs) Go for it. And I have stats of like how many people and and I think part of the podcast rules was if you miss the meeting you're ba- you're banned. Like publicly. <laughs> like like the podcast at four AM. Now I think about it, I'm I'm starting to like if you don't I still record the podcast. But it's I get just yourself? S- just myself and i get to say whatever i want about you oh (laughs) jeez! so that's a little bit of like if uh, you don't show up the podcast is gonna go on you're just not gonna have any say there's a little bit of like
0: reality show or competitiveness in here now that right i I think there's something here
1: yeah if you don't show up don't worry about it like don't apologize the the podcast is looking to help us (laughs) with your name on it and i'm just gonna say whatever i want about you you just can't be able to defend yourself that I I want to publish that on LinkedIn to see if I get any feedback on it.
0: If you ever launch this, I will get up or stay up, whichever, until four AM for an episode. If you're willing to have me,
1: I think that's a, that, it's a pretty unique idea. I'm not gonna lie. Now that I thought about it, the, the, if you add in the I'm going to record the podcast anyway, you know, and if I yeah. don't show up, and and like I oversleep whatever, and you on it, then I publish your podcast and you could say whatever you want about me like you get to go on record it i'll give like an open line and you just say whatever you want but it starts at 4 a.m that's the rule
0: i mean if i think about like the pitch behind this right like so i'm surfing apple Podcasts, or i'm seeing a a friend post like hey i just listened to this podcast 4 a.m and this is what it's about i would definitely tune in like there's enough of a hook there where i would tune in because there's like i said there's enough uniqueness
1: in that I don't yeah, think it's and, a dumb. I'm serious. I don't think it's a dumb idea at all. And I think it could be just. It could be a ten to fifteen minutes, like rapid question. You know, I've got a hundred questions for you. It's four a.m. Let's go. You know, no yeah. warming up. And if you're not ready at four a.m., I'm gonna go. I'm talking at four a.m. And yeah. if you gotta like get things ready or whatever it's it's a maximum yeah okay i'm gonna publish, i'm gonna put this on linkedin see what people say but the problem is i have to do i have to be up at 4 a.m and here's the other
0: little snag i i just thought about yeah uh assuming you time are going zones. to be time zones assuming you're going to be inviting guests from all over the world it's only gonna be 4 a.m for one of you so which one is it right
1: that's a really re, i think it should be i think it should be 4 a.m for the guest.
0: I think so, too. But then you lose a little bit of the magic from the host being in the same scenario. Because part of the thrill is both of us mm. being in this together. It's, like, it's almost like we're both underwater together seeing who could hold our breath the longest. But in this right. scenario, you're going to put the guest underwater and you're going to be sitting on the shore perfectly fine.
1: Yeah, may- maybe I, I launch 4 a.m. To, like, to, to launch my book, which is Please Don't Talk to Me. And if there's a time... When people don't run and talk, it's 4 o'clock in the fucking morning. <laughs> it's all fucking coming together. Holy shit. Uh, I think you're on to something. God, man. This is, yeah. You, I think I'm honest. Yeah, if there's a time and nobody wants to fuck, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I like this. I
0: like it. If, mm. I'm, if this ever comes out, I, I love it. I, I I will I, be listening. I'm going to drive my
1: wife crazy with this because I, I have to make the decision. Am I going to stay up? Like like I For example, yesterday I was up. Three o'clock to thirty, at four o'clock, at it would just have been. It's yeah, it's kind of like first we feast with like the the, ch- the hot chicken wings, but it's four a.m. Anyway, so. <laughs> well, again, thank you
0: so much for for being here at <laughs> yeah. a normal uh, decent hour this morning. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. I really appreciate it. I love, uh like I said earlier, you're such a great person to talk to. I can see why. 250 people in less than a year would talk to you. So thank you. All
1: right. Well, thank you very much. Hopefully it's still recording.
0: Thanks for listening to We're Only Human. Before you go, I would love to know what you had for breakfast this morning. Just send me an email, tim at we'reonlyhumanpodcast.com, and let me know what you had for breakfast this morning. Thanks.